Hey, Michael, this is Tony Taylor calling from uh, White Rock, BC, Canada. Hi, Michael, it's Dawn Berry from Sunridge, Ontario, Canada. Just wanted to touch in and let you know how much I really enjoyed being on your podcast, The Tangled Mind. It was an amazing opportunity to be able to share with your audience, to be able to share with you and to uh, collaborate. And when we do that, it makes a big difference to somebody somewhere in the world. Welcome back to another episode of the Tangled Mind Podcast, a platform that I'm providing people with mental health issues or even family members to come along, talk about whatever they want, whenever they want, and see if we can help other people out from all around the world. On this week's show, we've got Sarah. Um, so she actually lives near myself, um, but obviously because of COVID, we're having to do it via Zoom. She's a counsellor, but also suffers with her own mental health as well. But I'll let her explain more. So, hi, Sarah, how are you? Yeah, hi, Michael. Um, I'm not too bad, thanks. Um, obviously, with um, the news of lockdown yesterday, um, it's affecting me, as with everybody else, a little bit. But other than that, I'm doing pretty good. So, just for everybody else then, do you just want to introduce yourself and who you are and what it is you do? Yeah, sure. My name's Sarah Wallace um, and I live in the same village as Michael um, in Derbyshire Um, and I'm um, a private practice counsellor so Sarah Wallace Counselling um, is my business name and very inventive (laughs) Um, and so I basically work privately with clients um, who who need help with their mental health um, and that's you know proving to be very, very popular and very busy um, because we know that the NHS is overwhelmed um, with um, the, the numbers around that need help with their mental health. So um, I tend to be able to pick up those people that fortunately can afford to pay. I know that's a, a bone of contention, um, but do my best to try and support people and try and make money as not a much as as not a, as much an issue as it is it you know, it can be, I, I offer a reductions wherever I can to try and support people while trying to make a living out of it as well. Yeah. So with, with the counselling side of it, it, have you seen a lot more people during obviously the last year than you had done before? And how long have you been doing your own counselling? Um, so I've been a counsellor for five years. Um, I've been in private practice for a couple of years um, and I work from my own premises at home, which makes it easier because um, you don't have to pay out for office and things like that. Um, I have um, definitely um, have had an influx of inquiries, probably um, June, July, well, July, August time, it went crazy. I think as we were easing out of lockdown restrictions um, and people um, knew that they could leave the house because um, I guess there's, there was quite a lot of um, confusion around what was allowed, what wasn't allowed, where can you go, where can't you go. So I think when we actually went into lockdown, it went really, really quiet. I had a few people that I was um, seeing online because um, I had to move everything to online. Um, but as I say, as we eased out of lockdown, um, it went crazy. Um, but weirdly, not necessarily people wanting to talk about COVID. <laughs> about other things in their lives. With the, 
obviously the cancer, and I know you also suffer yourself. Um, when did that start for you? Um, so I think my mental health took a bit of a turn for the worse, probably in my early to mid twenties. Um, and I um, went to the GP because I think that's generally most people's port of call first off. Um, so I went to my GP, um, didn't find uh, the GP that I saw at that time particularly helpful, um, was basically told, you know, to, to get on with it and to try and change my circumstances. And if I could change my circumstances, then everything would be all right. Um, so felt completely fobbed off, really. Um, and then... I think my mental health went up and down um, for about five years until I I suffered with anxiety and depression. I didn't know it was kind of anxiety and depression at the time. Yeah. Um, and then after about five years, um, I think I went to the GP again and I was prescribed medication, um, but not recommended to do any talking therapies. Um, and medication was good for a while. Um, it sort of increased my serotonin levels, made me feel a bit better, um, but it doesn't solve the problem. It's just like a sticking plaster on a big gaping wound, really. Yeah. You take the sticking plaster off and the wound's still there, isn't it? Um, so um, I think I took it upon myself to um, look into counselling. Um, I moved from West Yorkshire area down uh, back into the East Midlands um, and started seeing a counsellor in Derby um, and was with her on and off for about five years dealing with various things. Um, I had a breakdown in my relationship, my marriage, um, and my mum passed away um, and, You know, in, in that five years I was in therapy, but I was doing a lot of work on other stuff as well. Um, yeah, so just trying to battle through it, like trying to work out what medication did for me and what counselling did for me. And over a course of about five years, I guess, when I was first in therapy, I realised that medication wasn't the answer. Yeah. So my, my, and now my, I'm sorry, I don't go on any med. I don't take any medication now. If I have an issue, I, I go back to counselling. Well, my, to be fair, my dad, um, I, I don't know whether you've had a chance to listen to any of the, my episodes, but my dad, um, obviously he suffers with BPD and for the last 20 odd years he's been on medication and about, I'd probably say two or three months ago, he just went, not taking any more tablets. And we was all like, you what? And it took him about three weeks four weeks for he was ill because obviously he just like cold turkey on them yeah, and that's not the best thing no, is it <laughs> no but then and he, he was like feeling sick and things like that but now he's not taking any medication but he's been the best he's been for a long time wow. and and i i said i said this to my dad several times like with him he, he can be on a medication, one of them, a, a medication that he's been prescribed to him for a year and he'll be fine. And every time he has a different medication, it gets to that about a year, year and a half in and it just stops working and he's back to square one. And now it's got to the point where he went to, because they live down in Cornwall, they, uh, 
yeah, he went to therapy twice. And then since then, he's come back, um, obviously stopped his medication. And he is better now. And I think it's a case where he's like, well, obviously the tablets are only working for so long, so what's the point in taking them at all? And he, he said that he's finding it easier to open up now and talk to us, my mum, about how he's feeling and therapist as well. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think there's a place for medication. And I yeah. think medication can sort of take the edge off when somebody is struggling to function on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, if you're struggling to get out of bed um, and you've got no motivation whatsoever, I think medication can just take that edge off. Um, but it is by no means a miracle cure. Neither is therapy, for that matter. No. Um, you know, the person needs to want to work needs to want to do the work um, nothing is going to change that person's mindset in an instance um, you know it takes commitment and and hard work really but I, I went down in July yeah July for the weekend just because I wanted to my dad was going through a bit of a tough time then like the end of June start of July something like that um, and I just I drove down there for the weekend and I actually said to my dad, I was like, look, obviously, we want to get you help, but we want to know, like, you need to want the help. And he went, yeah, obviously, I want to be here, and I don't want to, like, commit suicide or anything. But at the same time, he was like, but I know that's how I'm going to go. Uh, it's just when. And obviously, for him to sit there and say that to me, my sisters, and my mum, obviously, it's hard, but at the same time, it's yeah. it's therapists like counsellors like yourself and other people's experiences that I think help help people a lot and that's one of the reasons why I, like I do this podcast getting people like yourself that have been through it and still going through it to a certain extent but also on the professional side you've got the understanding of that so you mm-hmm. can like you coming on here you can sit there and say well I can help this is what I've been through, and I know that the tablets help to a certain extent, but the therapy side of it helps more. And then from your professional point of view, you've then got the experience of obviously sitting with down with your clients and helping them that way and seeing how it's affected them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I've worked with, with lots of people um, who you know, don't know what's causing their depression or their anxiety. And it, it takes, it does take a lot of, a lot of hard work. Um, and the, a growthful mindset to be, to want to understand themselves, to want to be able to work, um, you know, and, and look at what is going on for them and rather it being an external problem. It's everybody else in the world. It's not me type of attitude because that, that's a, a real challenge. I see. It's like one of the things that I, 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 I've said to a lot of people, like when I'm trying to help them as much as I can. Because obviously, I'm not a professional. I'm doing this on a peer-to-peer sort of, from my own experience dealing with dad's depression. That it, it, it's essentially you've got the circle of obviously the circle of influence, aren't you? So you, obviously you've got the centre, which is what you can control, but then the the then that's the centre. Then you've got obviously 
the things that you can't control, which is life, which is COVID and all that sort of stuff. You, and then you've got the things like your family, friends that can influence it, um, the way you're feeling, things like that. So it, I think a lot of it is down to, like you just said, wanting to be helped and wanting to feel better and not feel the way you, mm, you are. Yeah, definitely. Because if you've been feeling um, and thinking a certain way since, you know, since you were young, since you were two, three, four, and you, you've grown up with that mindset, um, it takes it takes some time to try and readjust that way of thinking. Um, it's a gradual process. And I guess you know, people need to have the patience. And sometimes it's hard to have the patience to, to want to do that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, definitely. It's changing um, you know your thought processes and how you interact with the world and like you said before relationships you know people in your life um, that can be hard as well because often people want to be able to help but they don't know how to help or they're trying to help in their way but actually their way isn't helpful so you've got like this you know ripple effect of what's going on for people and that's that's exactly the reason why me and my mum do what we do because it's like obviously the podcast that I set up, it's to support everybody, everybody, whether you struggle or you're the family member of the you're the loved one of somebody else that struggles because we found that the support out there, like what you do for the people that are suffering themselves, but at the same time there was there's not as much support for the family members because like you just said, it's got that knock on effect, that ripple effect, because that's that might like in my case my dad's the one that suffers but we're suffering because we don't know how what it, it what we can say that gonna we don't know how to say something that's say what we want to get across that's not going to trigger him to then go into manic depression so he's like like constantly on the go and like wanted to take his own life or just completely stops talking to you. But at the, at the same time, it's hard for us because we just want dad to be well, but we know that it's not as simple as, well, here's some medication, it's done, you're better. And we've known that because obviously the last 20 years we've, he's been suffering, but for, obviously for us, the point of trying to support the family members as well as the the suffer sufferer themselves is massive for that's that's what we want to do because obviously there isn't enough support out there the nhs they they've got the help through like the gp and things like that but there's not enough money in the help, uh, nhs to for the mental health system and, and to be fair yesterday when boris was doing his announcement i was actually quite gl- glad in a way that he actually men- mentioned that it's affecting people's mental health because obviously he said on the announcement, obviously don't go out, don't, don't go out if you, unless you need to, or if, and one of the things he said was obviously don't go out unless you need to, or if you feel like it's going to do you any harm. And he was clearly aiming towards the mental health side of it. Like it, it, it is getting to people. Suicide rates have gone up tenfold and it's just, yeah. it, it, it is, It'll only get worse before it gets better. And obviously, I'm sure by you, you and your business, 
you've probably seen that you've got your potential. I don't know, but you've probably had a lot more people contacting you for help and wanting to see you or speak to you than you had done before. Yeah, I think what's really interesting is the fact that um, while, um, you know, I haven't had an influx of clients who have come to me specifically because COVID's affecting them, I have had clients who maybe their lives has changed um, due to COVID Mm -hmm. and maybe they've had more time to think about something or they've been living with a person and they've realised that their relationship isn't what it was or what they thought it was because everything's stripped back bare, isn't it? Everything's made really vulnerable. Um, when you take away everything that we have in life, when you take away our social circles, you take away, you know, going out for meals and going out drinking and all the things that we like to do, holidays, travel is a massive thing. And you take all those things away. And as human beings, we're just stripped back bare. Um, and it really makes you like evaluate what's going on in your life. And I think that's been the biggest effect for my work is that I've noticed that people have gone, what's going on with me, you know, this is happening, I'm feeling this. And and I think because of COVID, they've just had more time to think or they've just, it's enabled like reflection time and, and things like that. It's just the, the knock-on effect is is incredible, really, in not in a good way. Although it might be in a good way further down the line, maybe for some people, they might end up in a better situation for some. Yeah. So if we go back then, so what got you, what made you... Use- start your own business as a, a as a private counsellor so when i was in um, therapy with my um counsellor in in derby she really inspired me um i had a really good relationship and that is fundamental to any success of therapy is the relationship you have with your counsellor mm-hmm. you need to be able to trust them tenfold because you're not going to open up otherwise. Um, so I had a really good relationship with my therapist. Um, and I think from a young age, I think I've always wanted to be in a helping role. Um, and I ended up doing a variety of jobs, none of which really suited me. Um, and I think my last role was a, a trainer assessor doing MBQs and apprenticeships. And I found that people would want to talk to me and would find me really approachable. And I was there trying to crack the whip saying, come on, do your MVQ work, otherwise I'm gonna get the sack. And most of the time people just wanted to talk to me about their problems and why they were struggling to do the work. Um, and, and while I was in therapy and because I had such a good experience of therapy, I was like, do you know what? I could do this and I think I'd be really good at it. Um, so I kind of looked into it and started my training. It took me five years to do my training. Um, and the rest is history, as they say. Where, where did you do your training? Um, counseling training in the Midlands, it's called. It's like a, um, it's not a college or a university. It's like a private um, training provider, if you like, based in San Diego. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they were amazing. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It's hard, very hard, 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 hard training. <laughs> Nothing like anything else. Yeah, well, it's not. It, it's going to be hard, isn't it? Because obviously you've got so much that you've got to have an understanding of, and then obviously when you then sit down with your uh, your clients, being knowing the right things to say, and it, yeah, it's there's a lot, obviously a lot to it. So yeah, obviously. Sure. 
obviously with you saying that you're doing it at home, um, is that something that you're always going to do? Because obviously you don't have to have like um, an office or anything like that. Or is that something that you're wanting to expand over over the time? What, what's your plans with your business side of it? Well, I think I like to do it from home because it's really convenient. Um, you don't have additional overheads um, and you can just be doing stuff at home um, up until you're seeing clients. So I love that the fact that I can do that. I love the flexibility that it offers. Mm. Um, obviously, the downside is it can be a bit isolating. And because um, obviously the work that I do with people's confidential, I, you know, I can't talk to people about what I'm hearing apart from my supervisor. Um, so it can be, yeah, it can be quite lonely and isolating work. Um, I think I'm kind of finding my niche um, now, and I would say it's probably going down the eating disorder route, although I do do a lot of work with anxiety and depression. That seems to have found me um, quite a lot. People find me um, and, you know, we, we work on that. Um, and I'd like to go um, into groups, really. I think, as we've been talking recently, um, trying to see more people at any one time. And I think groups is the way to go. I know lots of counsellors who have, are working um, with groups online as well, and maybe that's a way to go. Um, I think if I can offer my services to more people and try and make it more um, affordable, because I'm aware that you know private counselling comes with a hefty cost, um, but that comes down to having all the stuff I have to pay for, like insurance and you know um, professional bodies and things like that. The overheads for me, even though I work from home, are quite high. Um, but yeah, I think trying to reach out to more people um, in, in group therapy is something else that I, I'm hoping to, to do in the new year. Uh, so obviously, we reached out because I saw your message. Was it on next door or was it on Pinkston here to help? One of the two. Um, Kingston here to help I think it was yeah yeah so I saw your page and it's it's something that I think a, a big thing for me obviously I've only lived in Pinkston for about a year and a half something like that. Okay. Uh, um, but at the same time for me a massive thing a massive thing for me in, in general is having that community around you and there's there's there is a lot of people in Pinkston and although it's a small place, I can almost guarantee there's a lot of people at Pigston that are going through a tough time with mental health. And I, I, I've said to you before about obviously trying to do groups, not whether it's counseling sessions or just like meetups so people can just chat about, well, whatever, and they can then go from there and, a bit more like a support group and that sort of thing, fundraisers for mental health court charities and things like that. I, I I think that's something that in in our area for definite, that's something we need to look at doing. Yeah, for sure. And I think um although the stigma attached to mental health is reducing considerably, I mean, you know, the amount of famous people that are coming forward is great, but I think in communities, um there's almost a different type of stigma because it's like, well, what if Harry across the road finds out that I'm going to group therapy or, you know, what if Hilda up the street does? Um, and I think we, we 
we can't sit back on our laurels um, and think that people are improving or people's perception of mental health and, and the stigma attached to that is improving because while I think it is, I, st I still think there's a hell of a lot of work to be done um, because it's hard, isn't it, when you're in a small community because everybody knows each other. Um, we just need to try and encourage people that it's okay to talk and, there, and that stigma um, you know, was around in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, but we're, we're 2021 nearly, and it's not a weakness to talk if you've got a problem. I, I, and I couldn't agree more. It's, it's like I've, I've been looking into, obviously I've got this, the podcast, but I've also been looking at what other like peer-to-peer -peer support groups I can do. Obviously we've got the one that, uh, I think you said you're going to join on this 20th, um, just for because there's there's I think at the minute there's about 15 of us, uh, people similar to yourself that suffer, but helping uh, others, people that just suffer, um, and we've basically said, look, come on it, you don't have to talk, just put your mic on mute and you can just listen to what everybody else has got to say, so you know that you're not on your own. But I think it's about that connecting, isn't it? Absolutely. Connecting in whatever way you can. Absolutely, and there's too many people out there, and and like you were just saying, the stigma that you shouldn't talk about it. It's your it's your mental health. Just uh, one thing I hear all the time: just man up. No, don't not man up. You at the end of the day, you're suffering. Just talk about it. There's plenty of other people. I can guarantee now that there'll be some guys down at the the local boozer that are sat there on a chat and I can almost guarantee that they're going through the same thing. Uh, bon th there will be in the village, there'll be blokes in the village, women in the village that go down to the local pub, have a drink. They won't have an absolute sco scooby-doo that each of us struggling, but deep down they are. Yeah, and do you know what's really interesting? The amount of people that I talk to who say to me, oh, um, I was, um, you know, this might be mostly clients and say, oh, I was, um, you know, I was talking to a friend and I opened up about how I was feeling and what was going on for me. And do you know what? I found out loads about them that they've been struggling in the past too. And I think if you can just show a bit of courage and be brave just to make yourself vulnerable, and I know that's easier said than done, or, or you know, I'm well aware of how difficult that is to do, but if you can just just take a chance on people, take a risk, um, because people surprise you. I mean, we've all been let down on you know numerous occasions and kicked in the teeth so many times because life's a bitch. Apologies for my French. It is, <laughs> um, it is. You know, life is so hard. And, but I mean, the stats say that one in four people suffer from mental health. I'm sorry, I don't buy one in four. I buy four in four um, at any, you know, any one point in your life, I believe that, everybody has suffered some sort of mental health they may not have put it down to mental health they might not know the terminology for it but i think at some point we've all struggled in our lives oh absolutely um, and we just try and be brave and just take a risk i think to be fair i think i'm going to put a, down at the local shops a couple of flyers out to see if people will actually reach out just make make a couple of posters and just stick like on the notice board at co-op and things like that and one stop and anywhere else just to see if anybody reaches out and actually acknowledges that there is there is the support there 
um, because I think that's that's one thing that does need to be done. Um, for for before we finish, then for anybody else that is listening, what what advice have you got from a personal point of view and a professional point of view? So, from a personal point of view, um, just remaining hopeful that even though your situation, how no matter how bad it is, there is always hope. There is always something that can be done to improve your situation. Um, and I guess that is down to the individual person to want to do that. And until they want to do that, there's very little that other people can do. But just to try and keep hopeful that there is always somebody out there that will be struggling to, that it's not you, you're never on your own, but just to try and reach out to people, just even you know, connect with one person and, and just talk to them because the more you talk, the easier it becomes. Yes. Um, and from a professional point of view, um, probably similar, really. Um, I suppose really for you, it's going to be very similar because obviously you are the, the, the professional, but at the same time, you're still going through it. So for you, it's going to be the same but I, I again I I think it's great that obviously you've come on and obviously let people know that they're not on their own and from your point of view how you find everything and how you sort of dealt with everything um I just want to obviously say thank you for coming on and obviously we'll be, we'll be speaking again I'm sure um and obviously on the 20th we've got our thing to with everybody else just to get the, the awareness out there really um but obviously anything that you want to say before i i stop recording um no i don't think so i just want to sort of reiterate that hope there's there's always hope no matter how hopeless a person feels um so yeah just just be brave and take a risk and if there's anybody listening that's obviously in the in the local area or um yeah obviously around here somewhere how and they want the support how can they find you your your counseling um so if they put sarah wallace counseling and that's sarah with a h wallace w a double l a c e if they just put sarah wallace counseling into google um i'm on a counseling directory website which has got all the information about me and they can contact me through that alternatively i do have a facebook page albeit i'm not great at uh, putting posts on it so apologies if it's a bit out of date but it's got my basic information on there as does google business as well